great job, thank you. If, if you listened to them, you, um, you heard that they were talking about friending, and that's been our series during this month of August, and today we come to the very final message in our series, and we're going to read together Proverbs 12, 26, which is our passage. It'll be on the screen. I invite you to uh, look at the screen and read that passage with me out loud. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. We've been in an engaging and exciting, thought-provoking message series called Friending, and I appreciate your comments and your questions. I've heard some good feedback from you. And uh, in case you're either new to us or maybe you've missed a week or two, here's a quick recap of, of where we've been during the month of August. In week one, we focused on the foundation of friendship and the influence that our friends have on us. And we said that if we get our friends right, they can help us in a whole lot of areas. But if we get our friends wrong, it can set us up for more pain or trials, struggles, and even destructive destructive behaviors. And then in week two, we learned that every one of us is just one friend away from our destiny. And we looked at four examples in the Bible of friends and how we need those kinds of friends. Friends who stick with us no matter what. Friends who make us better. Friends who help us to find spiritual strength. And friends who love us enough, care enough to speak truth to us in love, even though it might hurt. In week three, Matthew Hensley preached on the power of community, and he reminded us that people long to belong. And he helped us to see how often it just takes one seed planted to grow a community and change a culture. Today, for me, is the most challenging out of all the messages, because sometimes we may need to unfriend someone. Our social media culture makes that very easy. I unfriend you, bye-bye, that's it. But it's not that easy. Today we're going to talk about that tension that we're called to love, but at the same time, there may be some relationships that we have to redefine. We're going to unpack that a little bit later. To set up today, I want to share a story from my years of middle school. When I started sixth grade, I wanted to play in the band just like my dad. And he, my parents were divorced, so my, uh, my dad would take us to dinner on Wednesday nights. And then after dinner, we went uh, to the middle school to, p- to meet the teachers and all that. And then that's where you got to pick out your band instrument. And my dad, uh, Bill, uh, my dad played the coronet. It's shiny. It's like it looks, it's a trumpet. It looks like a trumpet. A little slightly different. All right, but you got a trumpet in mind, like Bill plays. And so I wanted to play the cornet. And so we went up to the table, and my dad filled out the paperwork and paid whatever money was necessary. And I got this nice black case, and I took it into the car as we traveled back home. And that black case stood, stood on the floorboard of his car, and I couldn't wait to get home to open it. So I finally, you know, I was all excited. Finally, I opened up the case, and my heart sank. It was not a shiny, trumpet-looking instrument at all. 
It was a black instrument in several pieces with silver keys that needed to be put together. It was the clarinet. Either I misspoke and said, I want to play the clarinet, or the person heard wrong and gave me a clarinet instead of the coronet. I was too afraid to say anything to my dad and my mom. And when school started, I proudly took my clarinet case on the bus into sixth grade into band class, and Mr. Smith got us teaching. And I'll have you know that I ended up being a really good clarinet player. I made first chair, and when I went to solo and ensemble for the first time, I got a superior. So it worked out okay. Fast forward then to eighth grade. I started hanging around with a guy named Ty. Ty lived in my neighborhood. We rode the bus. We were in band class. He played the trumpet. And he was a very poor influence on me. He had failed twice and should have been in high school, but was still in eighth grade at this point. And I started to be disrespectful to Mr. Smith in band class. I started to disrupt the class. So did Ty. And then one day, Melanie, I don't know if you even know this story, but here it is. Um, <laughs> one day, Ty and I had the bright idea that we would quit band. In the middle of class, while Mr. Smith was up teaching, Ty and I got up and we said some inappropriate, rude things to a teacher and we walked out. We were cool. I remember walking through the gym. It was so cool. We're done with that, right? Well, it was really cool until we were making pillows in home economics class uh, the next day. So... Thankfully, we moved to a new place, and I made some better friends and got back in the band and marched all the way through high school and just loved it. But the point is, the people we hang around can have either a positive influence on us or a terribly negative influence on us. And this brings us to the key thought for our whole series, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Proverbs 13, 20 Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. As committed Christians, we need to take time every now and again to evaluate our relationships, and sometimes we may need to redefine some of them. We may need to get plugged into a community of faith that can help us to understand what friendship is about and how to make better friends. Show me your community, as Matthew said, and I will show you your future. Not only is friendship important, but the community of faith is important as well. You might think this is old school, but we are called to be part of the group called the church, which has a shared value system and belief system. As Amanda says, we are called to love God and follow Jesus, to be committed to Jesus Christ. Jesus said that we are to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. You saw exactly what Na Amy was talking about in her testimony. That's what serving is all about. Here at HRBC, our core values are worshiping, loving, growing, and serving all in the name of Jesus Christ. This is our value system. 
But if you're like me, there are people who can take you off course of that value system, uh, away from your true north. And because of that, we need to redefine some friendships. We may need to unfriend somebody. But it's not as easy as you saw in the skit where we just unfriend, or it's not as easy as Facebook makes it where you can just click and unfriend somebody. A few years ago, I had a friend on Facebook, a Christian guy, and he would post annoying posts. Do you know anybody, you don't have to raise your hand, do you know anybody who does that, right? Well, this friend, he was upset because his neighbor wouldn't mow his lawn. And so he would go out into his neighbor's lawn with a measuring tape. And he put the measuring tape, this is a true story, put the measuring tape in his friend's yard to measure the height of the grass that was uncut. Take a picture of it, post it on Facebook, and just rant about his neighbor's grass. So I direct message him, which is for only him to see, and I said, you know, maybe you shouldn't post something like this. Maybe you could do the neighborly thing and just go mow his lawn. Maybe there's some going on. And then I got some feedback. <laughs> yeah. Click. Unfriend. But it's not that easy in real life. <clears throat> I hung around with Ty. I rode the bus with Ty. Lived in the same neighborhood as Ty. Rode skateboards with Ty. Saw him day after day. And it's not as easy to redefine that friendship as social media does it with the click of a button. I believe through the, the teaching of Scripture and through the community of faith that we might have the inner strength to find the right people to hang out with that could change the trajectory of our lives. Yes, this is important for students, but this is important no matter what generation you belong to. The question is, is there somebody in your life you need to unfriend? It might be social media, but I believe there are people, maybe it's a dating relationship, maybe somebody is influencing you to make poor financial choices. Maybe there's someone you're connected with who is always cracking on her husband, just beating her husband up with words. Maybe there's a guy you know who's demeaning to his wife, and that can rub off on us if we're not careful. Uh, so maybe it's time that we redefine some relationships. Uh, here, here are some examples in Scripture that we're going to see, because we can't live the right life if we have the wrong friends. We can't live the right life if we have the wrong friends. First uh, Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So there are two things. There are two things that I won't let my friends do. Number one, I will not let my friends distract me from the plan that God has for me. You remember when Jesus had told his disciples that he was going to die? And then Peter rebukes Jesus. Oh no, that's not going to, you can't do that. And you remember what Jesus said in chapter 16 of Matthew, verse 23. Jesus turns to Peter and says, Get behind me, Satan, for you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. 
Jesus rebuked Peter. Jesus would not let another person get in the way of God's plan for him. And I believe there are people we're connected with who may be doing that to us. And we may not call them Satan, get away from me, I rebuke you. But we may make a turn to some new friends. Praying for God to guide us so that people won't disrupt God's plan for us. The second thing that I or we will not let God do is for others, our friends, to continually tempt us to sin. You remember the story of Joseph, whose brothers sold him into slavery, and then um, he ended up becoming the right-hand person to the Pharaoh in charge of all of his business affairs and even of his household. Well, Pharaoh's wife thought he was kind of cute. And she started to talk to him and tempt him. And one day, she caught him, verse 12 of chapter 39 of Genesis, she caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. He fled the situation. He knew she was married, and he wouldn't have anything to do with that. Unfortunately, she took his robe and accused him of assault, which he did not do. He was thrown in prison falsely, and there's a lot more of the story. But you see, he left. He turned and left the situation and was not going to have anything to do with her because it wasn't right for him. Now here's the tension. Here's the tension. On the one hand, God calls us to be the light of the world, right? God calls us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. You are to be the light of the world. Yet, we've got to embrace our faith and represent Jesus but, but on the other hand, we, we're called to love people who are far from God. Even people who may have a different set of values or people who are maybe even a negative influence on us. So how do we live within that tension as Christian people? How do we love others and embrace our calling and at the same time represent Jesus to others who may be far from God? I think that our root system is the answer. That when our roots grow deeper, our reach grows broader. When our roots grow deeper, our reach grows broader. You've got to have a solid church family. We, we need to develop a prayer life and cultivate that. We're seeking to encourage that here with a take 30, 30 minutes a day, Uh, for God, 15 minutes of Bible reading and some other spiritual disciplines that can help sustain you when you are challenged. A solid church family where you're connected with a, a smaller group of people like a Bible study or Sunday school class or other relationships that can help nurture you and strengthen you. It's especially important for students. It's impossible for us as Christians to be the light of the world when we're not in the world. 
how can we do that? That's the tension. We've got to have people who are friends who don't know the Lord. How else are we to influence them if we just avoid them altogether? That's not in it's not consistent with our call. So that deep root system that helps us to be grounded in the core of our value system as Christians helps to sustain us when we are seeking to share God's love in whatever way with those who may be far from God. There's a great illustration of this through Casting Crowns. Uh, We were able to go see them in concert with some other folks from our church not long ago, and the Casting Crowns Contemporary Christian uh, group, they're all plugged into local churches, all the members of the band. And the leader of the, of the group took his youth group out to a large live oak tree in Georgia and uses that as an object lesson to help them to see that the root system of the live oak tree is just as large as the branch system. If you were to look at it and see the underground, you could see it looked like a mirror And so he, influenced by this, sketched out what that might look like to teach the youth uh, that when your roots grow deeper, your reach gets broader. And in order for us to be uh, faithful to God in the world in which we live, that we have to have a solid root system. And then he used that on the album cover of the album called Thrive. So when you see that album or listen to some of their music, you know that they're focusing on a deep root system that helps us to have a wide reach. And when that happens, our light shines brighter. So let me point us to our conclusion. There's there's one thing I'm not going to stop doing. In spite of all of this, I will not stop loving people with the unconditional love of Jesus Christ. You already heard read today, John 13. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. We love one another and we live in that tension. We can't live in the Christian bubble. We can't just sit around polishing our halos and being all self-righteous. If we're not careful, we can get judgmental and totally miss opportunities to share God's love with people who may not know Christ. So we have to have some boundaries. We have to have the right friends and seek God's help to have the right friends. Boundaries are sometimes invisible like a property line, but it's there. Or like guardrails on a highway that keep you from running off. Or sometimes a verbal boundary like the word no. Sometimes we just have to say no to something or someone. But with these deep roots that God's family called the church helps us to cultivate, we can remain the light of the world, embrace that tension with deep roots and a broad reach. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree 
planted by streams of water which yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff. The wind blows it away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Psalm number one, read it, read it this week. As we wrap up, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your community of faith and I'll show you your future. And through that community of faith, they'll walk with Jesus. Your roots can grow deeper. Your reach can go broader. And your light shine brighter in the name of Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for being our friend. Thank you for being a loving God, gracious God. The God of a a thousand second chances. Help us to understand the importance of being in a relationship with you, of being in a relationship with a community that can help our roots grow deeper and our reach grow broader and our light shine brighter. In Jesus' name we pray.